Welcome to GradCast, the official podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at the University of Western Ontario. Welcome to GradCast, the official podcast of the Society of Graduate Students here at Western University. I'm your host, Alex Mozinski, and today we're doing a hosts-only show uh, where we're going to talk about a specific issue. So I'm joined by co-hosts Tristan Johnson, Adrian Borey, and Tyson Davis. Hey guys, how you doing? Howdy. Good, man. How are you? <laughs> that was like the saddest howdy ever. That's <laughs> yeah, a Oh, going boy. into a bit of a sad topic, so. It, you know. uh, <laughs> sad topic? It's, it's, I'm optimistic, but also sad, yeah, I guess. It's uh, it's a changing topic, I guess we'll, we'll say today. So, I guess to give everybody some backstory here, recently I was at a town hall organized by uh, Schulich School of Medicine and Dentistry here, uh, where they wanted to get a feel for graduate students' perceptions on how well they were being prepared for uh, work after they completed their degrees. And a lot of what came up was, you know, a lot of students came forward with, no, I don't feel like I'm being prepared well enough. I, I feel like you need to tell me more options that are available for a person with the degree that I'm working on, whether it's a master's, PhD, uh, or a, a more particular type, like a master's in public health. Um, they wanted more workshops kind of on, on resume building and, and other types of job skills. And I walked away feeling almost like we as a whole are largely a bunch of lost puppies who expect help. And I did a little bit of talking around to people, did some reading, and you know, the, it is a tough job market out there. So really what we're going to talk about today is sort of the job market uh, and jobs that might be available for graduate students and how that might differ from undergraduates. So what, a little bit about some of the numbers, perspectives from people uh, in different fields, which all of us are, and a little bit just of our, our personal experiences uh, and those of our friends. So I guess to get things started, um, why don't we start with, with Tristan? Well, Sort of, what are your, what's your perspective on this whole matter of, of employability and employment after a graduate level degree, whether it's master's or PhD? Well, yeah, in the 30 seconds. <laughs> so I know a lot of graduate students today. My partner is looking for a job. Tyson here is looking for a job. We got people going on in the future about this kind of stuff. And what's happening is we're worried because we've been told that our academic uh, trap door has come out on us and there's nothing for us now anymore. But uh, first of all, I would like to say we're in a privileged position compared to many other people. Uh, the unemployment rate amongst people with advanced degrees is much lower, I guess not that much lower, but lower than people who are uh, less educated. And so just keep in mind that, yeah, we're struggling, but everyone's struggling. And uh, I, you know, there's bigger reasons for that that are not really conducive to this discussion. And so I think that now many people doing advanced degrees are acknowledging that that, you know, the, the tenured professor is just no longer a viable option. Or, I mean, you can't rule it out, but it's not, it's not for everybody anymore. There's just far too many PhDs. There's not enough, there's too many people and not enough jobs. The math doesn't add up. And so in doing so, it means we have to go and deal with this 
private sector, uh, which involves <laughs> <learning>. <laughs> uh, which involves learning a lot of skills that, while it is offered at most universities, it's not obvious. You know, you ask your average graduate student about whether they go to like the career success center or other places or other like the teaching support center even. And they give you a blank. And so I would say that there's a lot of resources available that are people are not being pointed to. And I think that's the major issue with that. We're definitely going to get into that in a little (laughs) bit. All right. Adrian, how about you? What's your kind of... Um, I have a pretty positive perspective on working life after graduate school because I have actually worked after graduate school. I graduated with a master's in medical genetics in 2010 from UBC and I got a job within, um, like I finished my PhD at the end of December, I started a job January 1st. So I was able to get a job. I did have to apply quite a lot. I applied to more than 40 jobs. I only received two offers for a job interview, and then I landed only one of those two jobs. So, um, and the job that I did get was uh, 55%. It was it was a part-time job. It wasn't ideal, um, but it paid a lot better than when I was a grad student and I had some free time. Um, so I, uh, I really liked it, actually. I did that for 14 months, and then that experience Um, I was partnered with industry in that um, job and it gave me some skills and some experience and then I was able to apply to my dream job competitively and then I worked at that for three years before deciding to come back to grad school. Um, So I I have a very positive outlook um, and a pretty um, glowing outlook on what my life might be after I finish my PhD and my postdoc. I think I'll probably have some great opportunities, but you do have to work very hard. So um, it's not that you can just get any master's degree or any PhD and then people are just giving you jobs. (laughs) You do have to prove yourself and you have to be a good fit for the work environment. Tyson, what do you think? So you guys probably know this about me, but I I kind of identify as an instructor, a teacher. That's what my whole reason for coming to grad school really was. I wanted to be a university-level math professor. Uh, As Tristan mentioned, those jobs right now are few and far between. I know that for every, um, every, like, even eight-month teaching term contract that comes up in the math department here at Western, we get around 500 applicants for that one eight-month, no chance of tenure, just just an eight-month contract there's 500 applications. So I'm particularly uh, in need of more of these uh, ways of understanding what skills I have, what skills I've gained from my program, and how I can translate those into the real world. Uh, For instance, I'm quite interested in getting into analysis either in uh, the financial industry or in any industry, really. I'd work for pulp and paper, I'd work for anybody, just doing analysis, you know, trying to make them a more efficient company. But I don't know how to list what I've done as these are the skills I have. This is why I'd be great for your company. All I know is I did a lot of math. I'm pretty good at math. I was a TA. But otherwise, I don't know the skills I have. All right. That, that's frustrating for a lot of people, I think. Um, and there, again, in a little bit, we're going to talk about some of the resources that might be available to help us with that sort of thing. Um, I guess my perspective on the matter 
um, is really that I, I agree with Adrian that it, you know from what I've heard from everybody that there's a lot of you have to really keep plugging at at the application process take whatever job is available to you at first and once you have it that doesn't mean it's your the be all end all you can keep applying you can keep working and trying um, and I think one of the things that came up that one of the professors said at, at the town hall a little while ago, um, which is the whole reason we're talking about this, was that you should be willing to, to move for the job. If you want to stay right here in southwestern Ontario, the job market for you know academic positions might be very, very low. But if you open yourself up to the rest of Canada, the rest of North America, the rest of the world, if you're willing to move for a job, it definitely increases your chances anyway. Um, because you'll be applying to a, you know, casting the net wider, I guess. Uh, one really, my favorite example of, of a, a good success story is a, a close friend of mine. Um, he only has his undergrad at the moment, but he did his undergraduate degree in Celtic studies and medieval studies. And he went traveling afterwards for like six months, comes back and just starts applying for jobs, anything and everything. He took a job at Loblaws for a while. He worked there for about six months while well, he kept on applying. And through his application process, he actually learned how to make a better resume. He'd get turned away at the door, and sometimes they'd give him pointers because it was so bad. How to get better at doing interviews. And after failing at it a lot, eventually he landed a job uh, with customer relations, actually, at a startup company. And he's actually doing really well there now. Uh, they want to send him to do an MBA now. And, and that's another avenue of pursuing graduate studies, is if you get in with a company, sometimes they might actually send you for further education. So that's really cool. Um, but that's, I ha don't have any firsthand experience really with jobs beyond research-oriented and or lifeguarding, so I don't have much to add to what you guys have said. Uh, only know what I've been told and what I've seen. So... I guess the next big question on, on my mind that came from that discussion a few weeks ago was, are graduate programs in schools preparing us for the real world? And from that question, should they? Should a graduate level program, which is designed to make you a really kick butt researcher, kick butt thinker, should that also be tailoring your education toward getting a job? Or would that emphasis take away from your ability to, to learn how to analyze things critically. So, Tristan, what do you think? All right. So, I would first of all say that I do think we need to distance ourselves from the idea that universities are job training organizations. That's what vocational school is for. There's a bit more uh, abstract and academic reasons to do the research that we do, and it doesn't always have to result in making somebody money. That being said, People do need to pay rents, pay bills, and eat food for their lives, I've been told anyway. And so I think that one of the major things that grad students can do and that grad programs could do is connect us to the resources we already have available. I feel like many grad students uh, go through their university careers at their second university and really don't interact with a lot of the services of the university. Uh, and you you do your entire people can stay here for half a decade or more and not really think that that they're like above the fray of the university and that all the services set up are for undergrads and it's not true. 
we do need to learn the same skills that people who get undergraduate degrees learn. We do need to learn what networking means. And uh, the new word of the week around our house is informational interviews and all of these things. And so I would think that it would be best if we could have graduate programs tell their students that these are services available and it's not just a thing that you instantly ignore. It's a thing that you really should do because these tenure track jobs are not going to be handed out anymore. And I mean, now people try to talk like when I was doing my PhD, I had several people, several professors try to talk me out of doing it because of the slim chances I had of doing anything afterwards. But uh, I would say that there's stuff available, especially as far as skills and such go. Uh, as Tyson was saying, it's like you got to be introspective and think about what you're doing and how you can apply it in other areas. And also keep your eyes open for opportunities to get yourself more. Like um, a good one is that every, every graduate student should learn how to write a grant at some point in their career because that's an extremely valuable skill that no one no one learns and knowing how to do that is extremely valuable but i digress <laughs> all right adrian what do you think uh i i agree that it's it's really important to keep an open mind um so from my own personal experience of whether my university prepared me for the working life or if it should or not um at UBC, there wasn't a lot of um, training or seminars or anything sort of saying, these are the jobs out there. I did encounter quite a lot of jobs when I went to apply. Um, but one of the things that kind of, I think, worked against me initially, but I got over, thank goodness, was that in academia, there's this root that the... Um, there's this belief that the root of the professor is the golden path and the only path. And even me taking time off after my master's was very frowned upon by everyone that I worked with. They thought I was just like leaving with my tail between my legs or something like that, or that I wasn't serious about science. Um, and there was also an impression that industry was an evil place to go. And uh, that was not what I found at all. Um, I found that working with industry, the methodological rigor was amazing. All the people were really nice. And I learned a lot of great skills and we did amazing research. We did useful research. So, um, you know, getting over that hump uh, can will help you, I think. Um, it would be great if universities partnered a little bit more with industry to help um, guide graduate students who are interested in that career path into that uh, into those jobs and into thinking about what they need to do to prepare for those jobs, even while they're still in grad school. Uh, however, I actually have seen that at Western quite a lot. Um, they, uh, uh, they really do have a few seminars here and there. I know in my own department, they have people who have graduated from the department come and speak afterwards, whether they're in industry or academia, sort of say what they um, have been up to and, and how they got that job and, and sort of giving us career advice on that. So I think at the level that I've experienced here at Western, it was very positive and very useful. Um, and yeah, just keeping an open mind is really important, I think. See, see what is out there, look on the job boards yourself and, uh, and don't listen to everything you hear um, necessarily, especially if it's a lot of negative uh, feedback that you're getting from your academic environment. There's a lot of great things out there to be positive about. So, what do you think, Tyson? 
Um, so these guys have covered almost everything that I wanted to say. I, I do want to agree with Tristan, but disagree with him at the same time. I do think um, it should be somewhat on the university to do something. Even I, I talked about this while we were preparing for the episode last week. Um, even like a pamphlet the day that you walk in that just says your graduate degree can land you jobs in and six bullet points. Like even something like that would be useful. I don't think it should be put on the department and I don't think it should um, affect the way the department is ran. Like I don't want to get a master's degree or a PhD in pure math and have in the middle of that a course on resume writing. Like I came to do math. I didn't come to learn how to write a resume. I can go somewhere else to learn that skill. Um, that being said, I know a lot of the undergrads take advantage of career services and things like this, and not very many graduate students do. I think there's this impression, this, uh, I'll kind of paraphrase you, this, this golden idea that we're all just going to end up academics anyway. So we don't need to learn these real people skills because we're just going to be professors. And just from my own experience, that assumption is not one that should be made. As Adrian said, we should all have very open minds about where our um, careers, where our graduate degrees will actually lead us. Just quick to that, Tyson, I believe that, that pamphlet that you're referencing probably exists, just that no grad students go to the career like counselors to find to find it. So I agree with that. But on the first day of grad school here, we had like an orientation day in math where we were given this envelope with this is a map of the school. This is um, an agenda. This is uh, your funding package for the department. You know, there were seven or eight different documents inside this. It wouldn't be that difficult to have one more. I wouldn't imagine just something from career services. Like there was, we had a full one hour presentation from the teaching support center. Why not have something uh, career related as well? Yeah. All right. That's all fair. I, uh, I guess I hear what everyone's saying and I, I lean really far toward the side of the onus being on the person. It's, it's your life. It's your career. And if you want to figure out what you like, no one can tell you that. So, and it shouldn't be up to buffet style you know presentations of oh that's what this is like and that's what this is like i i think for every person who, who doesn't go to university certainly they had to figure out what it was they were going to do what they were what they liked uh, on their own and i uh, really don't think that the onus is on university or on society or on anyone but yourself to figure out what you like as a university student or as university students we're very privileged we, we are in this, you know, kind of safe haven. We're very sheltered. Um, and, and for a long time, we don't really have to think about what we're going to do afterwards, which I think is part of the problem. But I, you know, since I started here, I've always kept an ear to the ground and poked my nose around with just what is going on. And, you know, since day one, there was something called the Escaping the Ivory Tower seminar series, which is a seminar series given by people in industry talking about routes outside of academia for graduate degree holders. And that was one of the first things I was exposed to here. I don't know that they do it every year, but there's a lot that goes on. One of the things that goes on um, is something called the MyTax Scholarship, which is becoming more and more common right now. And there's this organization called MyTax, which is actually a partnership between an industry partner 
and a university like lab basically and the graduate student spends about 60% of their time in their lab 40% of their time working literally in industry and a lot of the time they end up working with the company that they started with so there becomes this this interesting marriage between academic level work and the mytax uh, industry level research that you'd be doing thing there is now you're only spending 60% of the time doing the research you may have done as a grad student and then a lot of the time you're spending now is designed to work toward the industry itself so I don't know how that affects the, the degree process but it definitely is different so for me I guess I do think that there are a lot of resources which we're going to talk about next um, and I really strongly feel that the onus is on the student and not on the institution to hold our hands through it because they they do extend that hand of help and we need to be looking for it more than anything else. Anything to add to that? I'd love to chime in for a second. So I, I agree with everything you're saying. However, I do feel there's a difference um, between stu um, studies of discipline or departments. I feel there's a, there's a very drastic difference between departments on something like this. So I'll use you, you as an example. You're doing neurology. You kind of know you want, to, you want to stay in medicine for the rest of your life. Okay. I just know I like math. I thought I wanted to teach math, but that's not really a viable option anymore. So I don't even know if I like the financial industry. I have no idea. I don't know if I like this analyst job that I referred to earlier. I don't know if I like that at all. I don't know if I like anything to do with like the banking industry because I get the same responses that Adrian referenced when she was talking about industry. Oh, you're going to become one of those evil bankers, like ripping off the little guys. And it's like, well, no, <laughs> maybe, yeah. right? Like you never know. So I do feel um, like, I don't know. I, I only know my own department um, really well. And in my department, everybody's just kind of head in the clouds, like not really thinking about anything after grad school. We all just like math. That's, that's all we have in common is that we like math, but nobody really knows. Will I, like everybody just assumes again that it will be a postdoc position to follow and a tenure track position to follow that. There's a lot the university could do to really unwrite the culture of academic purity that while it would have been nice if we were all graduate students in the 1970s, doesn't work in a today where there's very few academic positions, way more PhDs, and not only are there few academic positions, but the few that are are getting worse or disappearing. And so it's we're getting sold an unrealistic ideal and told that anything else is in some way giving up. Uh, I think it's unfair to treat uh, going into, I mean, industry is one thing. Keep in mind, you can do things that are not evil uh, with a PhD. You can also go into the nonprofit sector. You can go into um, the public sector and be a public servant. These are like, there's not, um, you don't have to sell your soul to the man in order to get yourself a stable career outside of academia. But um, there's definitely a cultural issue that needs to be addressed. And I think the university is really the only people who can do that. That, that's true, I guess. And I think that will naturally happen as, as time progresses. Yeah, I would that's, say it's happening. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, we wouldn't be having this conversation, I guess, if we all thought we're going to end up as well. Very valid. That's all for this week. If you want to send us some feedback, or if you want to come on the show yourself, 
email us at gradcastradio at gmail.com. Be sure to hook us up on social media. On Twitter, we're at Gradcast Radio, and look up Gradcast Radio also on Facebook. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, the podcast is located at gradcast.podbean.com, and it's on iTunes. And while you're there, why don't you leave us a review? It really helps us out. We'll see you guys next week. 